No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Samuel tells Saul that because he has rebelled against the Lord's commandment, God has rejected him as king. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15 on Simply the Bible. God gave Saul a second chance in proving himself as one who could be trusted to keep the commandment of the Lord. But Saul blew it. Rather than destroying the Amalekites, a very wicked people, and everything belonging to them as God commanded, Saul kept the king alive and kept the best of the livestock in direct disobedience to the Lord's commandment. Now Samuel, who had anointed and commissioned Saul, confronted him. But all Saul could do was make excuses. He blamed the people for why he saved the best of the livestock. And then he added the lame excuse that he kept them to offer them as sacrifices to the Lord. We continue today in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 16. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes. You see, that was really the problem. In the beginning, Saul thought that he was the least family of the least tribe in Israel. And on the day he was proclaimed to be king, Saul was hiding among the baggage. But a little success had gone to Saul's head. Pride is the root of all sin. And now Saul didn't think he had to pay any attention to the commandment of the Lord. He had outgrown that. We must always be on our guard against the enemy of pride, especially when God begins to bless us or use us. When we are little in our own eyes, we are dependent upon God's grace, wisdom, and power. But when we start to be successful, then we can think we are stronger than we really are. We think we can do it on our own. Beware of ever thinking you are invincible. Pride comes before a fall. And often the greatest temptation comes after the greatest victory. Saul may have thought it was good stewardship to spare the best of the livestock, but he was doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Saul was denying the truth and arguing with the prophet Samuel. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Now he starts to admit that they should have been utterly destroyed, but 
Look again, he blames his people on the problem. And then he says, and we're going to sacrifice these animals to the Lord, your God in Gilgal. Interesting. It was the Lord, your God, and not the Lord, his God. Verse 22. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. We may wonder what it is that truly blesses the heart of God. Samuel tells us here, the Lord delights when we obey his voice. In John 14, 21, Jesus told his disciples, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's the way we really show that we love the Lord, by doing what he says. And that's what pleases the Lord. Sacrifices are good in their proper place, but Samuel said that to obey is better than sacrifice. Many people give to the Lord because of a guilty conscience. They think that somehow that will atone for their sins. God wants you first to obey his word, and the most important obedience is the obedience of faith. We must first believe in Jesus Christ if we're going to please God, and then we will be accepted in the beloved. After that, we continue to please God by keeping his commandments, and finally, we please him by the sacrifices we make of our time, talent, and treasure. But these offerings we give to God are never a substitute for our obedience. Saul had rebelled against the Lord, and Samuel said, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now think about it. In witchcraft, a person ignores the revelation of God and the laws of God and seeks to exercise supernatural power by illicit means. Rebellion is virtually the same thing. A rebellious person seeks to control life on his terms without regard for the sovereignty, power, and holiness of God. Then Samuel also said that stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Are you stubborn? You may say, it's the Irish in me. Really? It's the devil in you. If God has given you a commandment, but you are stubbornly refusing to do it, then you are making yourself your own God. And that is the worst form of idolatry. Verse 23, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. God is fair and righteous, isn't he? He is sovereign over every ruler. No one can rightly rule over others who is not first himself ruled by God. If we reject his word, then he will reject us and raise up someone else to take our place. The more God gives us to manage, the more important it is for us to remember this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And those who would rule others must first be ruled by God. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. 
because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. Now, Saul said, I have sinned. Sounds good. He's confessing his sin, right? But was it true repentance? If it had been true repentance, if it had been a true confession, then he would be forgiven because we're told in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But to confess our sins means that we recognize how wrong they are and that we are willing to turn from them. Is that what Saul was doing? I don't think so because he immediately makes excuses. It was a, I have sinned because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. I don't think he really feared the people. He was just making excuses. The real thing was that Saul wanted to save face because he said, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. He wanted to look good in front of the people. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you. For you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Samuel had no desire to participate with Saul in his worship sham. God seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And according to Romans 12, 1, our true worship is when we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. But Saul demonstrated by his actions that he had no desire to do this. His worship was not true worship. And as Samuel turned around to go away, Saul seized the edge of his robe and it tore. So Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent for he is not a man that he should relent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel turned back after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. And so as Samuel turned away to leave, and Saul grabbed hold of his cloak and ripped it, Samuel used that as an object lesson. You see that, Saul? The Lord has torn away the kingdom from you this day, and he's going to give it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. This neighbor was the man after God's own heart, David. And then Samuel said, the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent. God's not going to change his mind, Saul. His mind is made up. I'm thankful that the Lord is a God of strength. People in high places may think that they're getting away with their sexual immorality or murder, theft, or deceit, but nobody gets by with anything. God has brought each person into this world and he determines the number of our days. He will take each one of us out in his time. God is the one who exposes sin and removes the mighty when he determines. He is patient with us not wanting that anyone should perish, but all would come to repentance. But God is strong, he's mighty, and he's just against the unjust. 
Once again, Saul admitted that he had sinned, but then he says, honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel. So you see, that was the reason Saul said that. He wanted to look good in front of others. And Samuel, it says, turned back after Saul and Saul worshiped the Lord. Now, why Samuel did this, why he went ahead and went with Saul, I don't know. We do know that Samuel loved Saul and he was brokenhearted over what Saul had done. Then Samuel said, Bring Agag, king of the Amalekites, here to me. So Agag came to him cautiously, and Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. But Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. That's not a scene you see a priest do very often, hacking Uh, the enemy up in pieces, but Samuel was filled with the righteous indignation of God and demonstrated the awesome vengeance of God before all the people. He also showed here that Saul was in the wrong for not obeying the commandment of the Lord. Samuel had to finish the job that Saul was not willing to do. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house at Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. You see, God knows the beginning from the end. He knows what we're going to choose, but we can still grieve the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so important for us to choose life by choosing to obey the voice of the Lord. It is better than any sacrifice we could ever bring Him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see where the Lord tells Samuel to go to Bethlehem and anoint a son of Jesse as king. God passes over Jesse's older sons and chooses David. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible.